Hi there, Reverend David McLaughlin here. I would like to invite you to join with me as I share a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. My thumbnail truth for today is based in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Let us hear the word of God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And as I have meditated upon this text of scripture, there was three beautiful words that are very simple and yet very sublime that have come to mind. And these words are, Jesus loves me. Do you know that the words Jesus loves me form part of a lovely children's hymn? And when I think of the hymns in our hymn book, the songs of Zion that we love to sing, I often have to reflect, who wrote this? When was it written? And why? For example, the hymn Jesus Loves Me, did you know that it was written in 1859? Isn't that the year that revival came to Northern Ireland? It was written by a lady called Anna Bartlett Warner. She was the daughter of a New York lawyer. Anna was a novelist and she wrote a novel called Say and Seal. The novel was about a little orphan boy called Johnny Folk who lived in an orphanage. Now Johnny was sick and dying. And as the story unfolded, the Sunday school teacher came to visit him every Sunday. And of course, one day Johnny ran up to the teacher, jumped up into her arms. And you know what he said? He said, Miss, sing to me. And she sang, Jesus loves me, loves me still when I'm very weak and ill. From his shining throne on high watches o'er me where I lie. And little Johnny Folk was consoled and comforted by those words. And upon the release of the novel, then some other people contacted Anna Bartlett Warner. Other verses were added to the hymn. And then the hymn became a favourite in children's meetings, not only in the United States of America, but also throughout the English-speaking world. And I got thinking, those three sublime yet simple words, Jesus loves me. And here we have in Galatians 2 and 20, the Apostle Paul's great confession, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Think of the identity of the one who loves us, the Son of God. I've been often asked, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Someone wrote a book one time, will the real Jesus of Nazareth please stand up? You see, there's many talk about Christ, but is it the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ is not just a good man. He's not just a great man or even a gracious man. Did you know that the people said never man speak like this man? But he is in fact the God man. The Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask ourselves who he is, 
is he? Here's the answer. He's the son of God. Remember the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the next time you think of Christ, he's not just the son of Mary. He's not just born of the Virgin Mary. He's not just the son of David in that he's related to David or in the genealogy of David. He's not just the son of man. And of course he is that. And that's a beautiful title but he is primarily the Son of God. Do you know that there's nine explicit references in the Bible that teaches that the Lord Jesus Christ is God? And perhaps sometime in a later thumbnail truth, we will share those thoughts with you of where those references are. They all help to prove. It's one angle to prove the deity of Jesus Christ. So not only think of the identity of the one who loves us, but also think of the reality of the way he loves us. The Son of God who loved me. Now, now how does God love us? Could I share again with you that he loves us everlastingly? Did he not say, I have loved them with an everlasting love? Eons and eons and eternity past, God set his electing love upon us in Christ, in the council chamber of redemption. It was God the Father who gave the church his bride. It's tremendous, of course, to think at this time that he not only loves us everlastingly, but he loves us freely. The Bible says, I will love them freely, Hosea 14, verse 4. You see, it's without money and without price. There's no charge for God's love. It can't be earned. It can't be deserved. It can't be given as a reward. It's bestowed freely. And another tremendous truth is that he loves us sacrificially. Here's Paul taken up, overwhelmed with this thought. The son of God who loved me. And what did he do? He gave himself for me. And that brings us to Calvary. That brings us to the place of the shed blood. That brings us to Christ offering himself a once and for all sacrifice for sin. Remember what we read in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. And see, we have to remember that not only was the Lord Jesus born for sinners and lived a sinless life for sinners, but he died an atoning death for sinners. He was substituted for us. He was our surety. He was the sacrificial lamb of God that gave his life by the shedding of his blood. And on the ground of the shed blood, we can know and experience a full and free and forever justification. Could I encourage you also to think of the fact that he loves us personally? You think of the word me, the son of God who loved me. You see, Paul was taken up with that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can take the word world out and you can put in your own name. For example, I can say today, for God so loved David McLaughlin that he gave his only begotten son that if David McLaughlin believes in him, David McLaughlin should not perish but have everlasting life. And he also loves us perpetually, continually. It says of Christ, having loved his own, John 13 and 1, he loved us unto the end. And it's a tremendous truth that we didn't love God, 
but that God loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for us, a covering for our sins. And this is the way that, that he loves us. And oh, that we could understand that. Oh, that the love of God was shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, that we were, he were gripped with this thought continually on a daily basis. Jesus loves me. Not only think of the identity of the one who loves us and the reality of the way he loves us, but think about the certainty of the wonder of his love. The Son of God who loved me, Paul says. What was Paul before God? Before he tasted the grace of God? He, he was a sinner. And remember, a sinner is one who sins against him. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. The Bible says the soul that sinneth it shall die. The Bible talks about the wages of sin is death. Not only physical death, spiritual death, but in danger of eternal death. Jesus said, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you cannot be. And where is the Lord Jesus today? He's in heaven. And how do we get to heaven? We get to heaven through our sins being forgiven on the ground of the shed blood by having faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Remember what true faith is. Forsaking all, I trust him. And I would encourage you today, if you haven't already bowed the knee, to bow the knee and confess to God, even like the publican, God be merciful to me, the sinner. And Paul come to that place in the Damascus Road. He realised that he was a great sinner. But you know what? It was also revealed to Paul that there was a great saviour. And that saviour was the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, it was through Peter. Peter said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Why do we need to be saved? Because all men are sinners before God. And I urge you to realize, recognize your sinnership, repudiate it, repent of it before God, cry out to God for salvation, and God will wondrously and gloriously save you. I wonder, have you thought of this? A simple yet very sublime thought. Jesus loves me. Put those three words into your mind today. Let them be in your mouth. Confess them before men. And I believe it will brighten your spirit and cause you to smile and give thanks to God once you're overwhelmed by this precious truth. The Lord bless you again today and thank you for listening.